0: When I published Ulysses by James Joyce in my little bookshop called Shakespeare and Company in Paris.
1: Look, look, the dust is growing. My branches laugh larger than Stately clumped back All perfume, yes, and his heart was going like mad. And yes, I said, yes, I will, yes. Adam Biles, Literary Director here at Shakespeare and Company, and today I'm joined by jazz musician and dear friend of the bookshop, Alex Fryman. If you've listened to our interview podcast over the last few years, you'll already know Alex's work, because his brilliant track, Mr Ginger, has long served as that show's theme tune. Which was why, when we realised that our Ulysses project also needed something special for its own theme music, we commissioned Alex for the job since the readings began in february several of you have written in asking about the inspiration behind the music so we thought we'd get alex on this special episode of the podcast to tell us all about it alex thank you for joining us today hi adam hi alex um okay before we get into the actual process of putting together um this uh theme tune for for friends of shakespeare and company read ulysses can you just tell us a little bit about your uh background in in jazz music how you as a frenchman got into jazz and uh, and made it made it your life
0: well yes i started playing music when i was about 14 i was immediately attracted by you know rock and roll and uh, pop music and uh johnny Halliday, that kind of thing yeah exactly johnny <laughs> Halliday. no it was more it was more i think my introduction to it was more through um uh, the british rock scene and mm-hmm. um and Jimi Hendrix, of course, and at the time I had no idea about jazz to my to me it was something that old people listen to well I guess I'm getting there <laughs> but um, but I mean, the music that I really listened to back then, and the tunes and the stuff that I really clinged on, and I know that in retrospect, were inspired by blues and jazz, for example i I mean I used to I still do love Led Zeppelin and um, the Rolling Stones, of course. And of course, Jimi Hendrix, which I, who I absolutely love. And the elements that w- I was attracted to. I mean, apart from their own creativity as artists so on their own was the influence they had um, from the Afro music, Afro-American music, mm-hmm. especially the blues and then my ear developed and i was even more attracted by some sophistication in certain artists and that led me into listening to jazz and i i discovered that what i was originally attracted to came from jazz mm-hmm. and then i started digging into this and then i i had the chance to go to to live in the us uh, for quite some time and then studied in berkeley school of music so it was really in the front seat of discovering a lot of musicians from the past, but also contemporary musicians, I was just thrown in the deep end and I don't think i made it back.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so for the listeners who may not have heard um, Play It Gentle, your album, which I should say is available to buy or stream pretty much everywhere. Um, do you play in a certain tradition of jazz?
0: Yeah, um, for that record, <clears throat> For that particular record, which... So I'm preparing a new one right now because this record was done in 2017. Mm -hmm. So it's been some time. Um, For that particular record, I really had in mind a certain sound of um, the jazz from the 1960s, uh, which is a, a very high period for jazz. That was also in favor of a certain element of the blues music, Mm -hmm. which is, I've always been attracted to the sound of the blues, whether on the guitar or singing or Mm -hmm. just the overall mood. And that album was really, really highly inspired from certain recordings um, from that era, from the Blue Note era, and more particularly one of my heroes, Grant Green. Um, But I also wanted to do something that was quite personal. Mm -hmm. I don't think I have a choice because it always comes out a different way than you intend to do it. Um, and uh, it was really influenced by that, by the jazz, the blues. Also, something I was, that was very important to me is to try to do a record that was both sophisticated, so was interesting for jazz aficionados or other uh, of my contemporary musicians, but also could just speak to just anybody. So not something too... Um, too what people what people kind of criticize people who don't really usually re- listen to jazz criticize about jazz something that they would not listen to they, yeah, they wouldn't yeah, yeah. keep they would say uh, oh it was nice because your friend or something like that but they wouldn't actually listen to it that was an important part
1: yeah so yeah yeah. And, and as the kind of the representative here of just about anybody as i am or something <laughs> we i mean we've talked a lot about how i'm pretty stupid about music um well, i he, can i can say straight out it's an incredibly listenable album and sort of more i guess accessible than um than a lot of uh than i found a lot of a lot of jazz records over the years
0: this for some reason for me who who have listened and love so many uh, records and not not just in jazz but also in you know contemporary music classic classical music or you know any any pop music or i listen to a lot of things but something for me just personally is to play music for for a lot of people that can be enjoyed by a lot of people and that was that's that's what makes me happy playing music
1: yeah 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 so when i came to you um with this idea for a um a theme tune for for ulysses i mean i i came to you with an idea and this was something i realized was maybe um i was kind of handcuffing you a little bit with Mm. this um so Listeners may know that there's a song which is often considered the the theme of Ulysses, which is um, this old sort of 19th century ballad called, called um, Love's Old Sweet Song. And, you know, I just had in mind that uh, this would be an amazing thing to kind of have a version of this as our theme tune. And that was basically as far as our reflection, as my reflection went. And then I brought it to you and I could see immediately once you'd gone away and investigated this tune, That what I was asking was, um, in a sense, was quite a challenge because I was like presenting you with a song which was really out of your wheelhouse. Is that is that fair?
0: Definitely, definitely. You told me about this, and it's true. Actually, I thought it was quite interesting that you because you you had talked to me about this project, which I I thought was very exciting. Um, Mm -hmm. Before you mentioned that Mm -hmm. song, I, I was already my cogs were already going into certain direction and kind of vague of what could I, I could do for this and then you mentioned that tune <laughs> which made perfect sense in the project but to me uh, so I went back and listened to the tune and I I, I sat with it for a few days and I, I just could not see how I with my own personal style mm-hmm. I just could not see how I could do it in a way that would fit my style mm-hmm. of playing or hearing music I, it's just that it's a it's a really beautiful tune to be honest but it's just not in my in my ear it's not yeah, the yeah, kind yeah. of thing i didn't know and um and this was a bit of a challenge but i think this helped me also, also to think about how to go about it
1: yeah but that's the thing as well as you could have come back to me and said look this isn't going to work <laughs> you know i don't i i want I, I could do something but i'm not going to work with this because it doesn't matter but that's that's not what you did. I really appreciated the fact that you said, okay, you know, I've been given essentially this kind of constraint. It's like mm. sort of mm. like the the ulipo in a way, <laughs> sort of. Yeah. And, and you're like, okay, how can I, how can I work within it? So, well, let's, let's, let's start talking about some of the ways mm. that you, you did work with it. So um, what was the, was there a kind of a breakthrough moment, an idea where, where something about the theme music, something about, the, the tune or something else clicked into place and you realized the direction this was gonna take?
0: Yeah, I have to remember I mean there definitely was this moment and um I think I think uh I you know um I like to I like to hang out in busy places um to read or, you know, just on my own or with friends and, and bars and cafes and something in this atmosphere like and look at people and hear people and uh it helps me sometimes to think the noise around you -hmm. know Uh, and i was i think i was either walking to a place like this or in a place like this and i was thinking of the tune and i think i decided to do a little bit of research Mm -hmm. on on joyce of course i i've known james joyce but i was not a specialist Mm of who he was his work i had I had read James Joyce, at least in part, and enjoyed him. But he, in my mind, he was one writer that was extraordinary amongst other writers mm-hmm. that I really love. So I did a little bit of research on it. And um, of, of course, I knew he was connected to Shakespeare and Company, so I did a little bit of research in that direction. And I thought, okay, how can I do something that is sounds of today, mm-hmm. with something that is has been done in 1922, mm-hmm. um, and that and your imposed figure, <laughs> um, and how can I use this tune? Of course, I really thought about how I could, I could arrange it, arrange uh, mm-hmm. that tune first. But then I came, it came to a stop. I did not pursue it. I was like, I don't think I can do it. Yeah. So I was trying to think about that that element. Also about the tune and the whole project but the tune led me to the idea is that i was really also in a personal reflection of um where i'm taking my music these days and because you mentioned that you've asked me that question about the play gentle which was inspired greatly by the 1960s which i can't help it it's part of my system my earring system but i I think at that point i was also in a reflection of okay this is i've done that but i'm doing something else now Mm -hmm. and trying to formulate it and for me, it had, it was an, it's a necessity to bring whatever I do into what is happening today mm-hmm. in my life, of course, but also in people around me in the rhythm of the city. And I thought it's, it's crucial as a musician. It's a really valid question. So anyway, this was on my mind as well. And you sent me this. And for me, I, I had no idea how to put it into the setting today. Um, so this was the beginning of the reflection. And, uh, and then I wanted to integrate the elements of the past also mm-hmm. also because it's linked to the bookshop and the bookshop is also both in both, in both things. It has its roots uh, in a certain, or two different eras actually, uh, but it's very vivid today. And jazz music is also a little bit the same thing. Jazz musicians who are in love with jazz, who play jazz... They don't listen, they don't have a favorite artist. They listen to the whole history. Mm -hmm. And any jazz musician has, good jazz musicians, that's my take on it, has a knowledge and is rooted in what has happened in the past, Mm -hmm. in the beginning of jazz to the 20s, 30s, up until today. And then their role or their challenge is to bring that music into a personal thing, into today's sound but not neglecting the roots yeah yeah. so yeah. it wasn't that
1: idea i think there's there's a lot really interesting in what you said i want to come back to this idea of when you mentioned the the rhythms of the city and the two different epochs because i remember we had this conversation and it was then that i realized you were going to do something quite special with this because um ulysses of course is a book of a city i mean it mm-hmm. takes place in public in dublin it takes place in the streets it takes place in the bars it takes place mm-hmm. in the waiting rooms of the, the maternity hospitals it takes place in, in in when there's always a hubbub there's always a background noise mm-hmm. and when so when you came originally with this idea of like you said oh maybe i'm going to use something from from a cafe a kind of parisian cafe noise mm-hmm. that struck me as exactly the perfect kind of bringing together of you know the 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 private experience of reading and the public experience of being in the mm-hmm. city the Two cities involved in oh. not only this project but also the the writing of the book, which is Paris and which is Dublin, uh, and the um, the the two different epochs as well that that we're working with, sort of like a hundred a hundred years apart. You know, this is something in a sense. This kind of this, these movements of the city, these noises of the city, are something which has been relatively consistent, you know, since that time. So as soon yeah. as you came up, came to me with these. With these ideas, it suddenly made um, yeah a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm just thinking that I mean the twenties were was I mean obviously a very vibrant era, and it is not the beginning of jazz. Because jazz began before, but it is also one of the very turning point into jazz music, which happens to be also the date of the publication of Ulysses. And I imagine that in more than one city there was a um, some kind of um, Creative movements, mm-hmm. and uh, it was a very, probably very vivid time in different cities uh, as we call them today. Maybe it was also the beginning of the modern style city, like the premise of what it was with entertainment and oh, yeah, yeah. workers and cafes and mass media. Mass, well. exactly. So it's really, maybe, I don't know, I mean, from what I know of, right, and what I imagine, it was also the beginning of the cities how we imagine them today, I mean, yeah, this yeah, turning yeah. point, which was interesting.
1: So I'm interested to know, as a kind of composer, when you are composing a song for, for example, one of your albums and when you're getting a commission to write theme music, is there a fundamentally different approach to to the two pieces of work?
0: That's a great question, Adam. Um, <laughs> I was thinking a lot about that. Yes, there is one. And I did not... You reminded me that I wanted to say about that. I did not want to approach this In the same way I Mm -hmm. approach some of my personal writing, which involves um, a lot of time, a melody Mm -hmm. or a a specific rhythm or um, a chord progression or a certain atmosphere that I will try to create a tune around. Mm -hmm. For the tune to exist when you're writing in that direction, you need to understand and try to write a certain form Um, so musicians can play the form, understand the form, of course, notes and It's um, fiddling around either with your vocals, with your guitar, a melody on the guitar, a certain rhythm, a certain bass line. Putting it into the framework of something that is functional and is playable by a bunch of musicians, Mm -hmm. because I play with musicians, not just on my own, so they can understand your music and perform it. There's a beginning and and an intensity in the middle of the tune. I didn't want to approach it this way, that particular thing, because for me it was an opportunity to... um, Instead of having to deal with notes and uh, specific rhythms, it had to do more with the atmosphere Mm. and something that is closer to um, maybe an experience you go when you go see a contemporary exhibit when they use sound as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in a corner, I mean, there's this piece, and in a corner there's this recording of uh, overlapping sounds and... That have to do with the ambiance mm. that the piece has, you know, is trying to convey. Plus, also something I really like is I, I, I really love listening to the radio, yeah. and um, I was always, I uh, always liked, I mean, not all of them, but some of them were really great. The, the atmosphere that they, the radio, um, the sound design that they put at the beginning mm. of a certain show, and some yeah. of them are absolutely fantastic. And I wanted to evoke something like that. So it did not happen like this. I did some research, I imagined him. What it should feel like in my mind mm-hmm. and um and I was researching uh, because it's it's uh something that was going to be read and a literary uh, uh, amazing literary piece. I wanted the voice to have a strong part, yeah, in it. yeah
1: yeah, you put me in mind of something actually funnily enough, a conversation I was having with our mutual friend Sylvia Whitman the other mm-hmm. day about how certain theme tunes prepare you so perfectly for what is to come mm. so we were talking about the uh the theme tune to the podcast talking politics mm. uh or we also mentioned um to the tv show succession or game of thrones mm. where it's not just like it's not just a way to say oh the show is starting it's a way to kind of sink you mm. into the the atmosphere mm. of the of the work and i think this this piece does that so well so let's take a look at some of the specific elements. So you've kind of essentially deconstructed it for mm, us today. Correct. Um, so which uh, which would be the first element that we should take a listen to? I
0: think, I think it should be the tune, Flora's, Vo- Flora's Voice, because that's how it all began.
1: Okay, so let's listen, and then we'll say who exactly Flora is. Right. Though the heart be weary, sad the day and long... Still, to us, at twilight comes love's old song Okay, so firstly, it's incredibly kind of haunting hmm. uh, performance of the song, and anybody who's now gone away and listened to original recordings will know that it's a completely new take on, um, on those lyrics. So can you tell us a little bit about, well firstly, who that is singing and, um, and how, how that became part of part of this work?:
0: Yeah. Of course. So um, this is um, Flora Hibbard, um, who is also, I know, working uh, as part of Shakespeare and Company's team. I've met many times. She's a good friend and she's a very, very, very talented uh, musician, singer, songwriter, lyricist. Um, She's got a couple of books of her lyrics out and she's working on her new project as well. And uh, I thought about <laughs> I thought about her because, well, first of all, she's part of the Shakespearean company team, which I thought it's an important thing uh, also to include a lot of people. But it, made, uh, it uh, include people in the project. is a, First of all, something that I find quite beautiful for just giving them ideas, feeding of their own input. I find I'm very in favor of that, of that way of, of doing things in general. Um, but when you asked me to do the tune, and I know I could not sing it, mm-hmm. and I didn't know <laughs> how to arrange it minimum. I mean, something came to me to my mind is like is Flora practiced many times outside of the bookshop um, with her guitar. sometimes she was with someone else sometimes on her own, um, years ago. and uh, and you know, I just had her voice in in my head, because she was singing in front of the bookshop. And mm-hmm. it was part of a noise, part of so many other things happening on the street, in the shop. And this voice was just part of the Amutas. Um, but in, she, I've always thought she's, she had a
1: beautiful, very personal way of singing. Um, and so did you give her any sort of specific direction about how to, to interpret those words? No,
0: no, no, no. I didn't. And that's also something I love to do is, you know, you think about someone and their talent or how it fits your own idea. But you trust them. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's a few indications and sometimes it's worth not giving any, depends on the particular project. But you trust if you choose well, they will do something that will not only fit, but just enhance everything. Sometimes my, again, my own philosophy about life and about projects is that um, sometimes when you give someone too many guidelines, they feel stifled, mm-hmm. and I don't think it, it comes out naturally. And I yeah, thought yeah, it yeah. would be just great, so I just just sent her a message because, uh-huh. <laughs> um, and I I asked her, would you be, could you do this for me? It's for yeah. a project, um, and uh, I thought it'd be great. I didn't tell her much about it. And she can you do just two versions, one just acapella, because obviously at the time I didn't have a perfectly clear idea of what it was going to be like, and one accompanied by a guitar. Yeah, yeah. And she just sent it to me as uh, she did this briefly brief recording in a home studio, and she sent it to me over the internet, and then I
1: just yeah yeah, did the rest. Incredible. Okay, and so which which would be the next element that sort of uh, we should we should listen to to sort of build build our song?
0: Yeah. So. Anyway, yeah, I had this idea of including the bar to, like a bar. I recorded one night I was out on the bar by myself reading and just actually doing some research on on the it was that night. It was I think it was that night it all came together. I was doing some research in the bar um and uh and I had in mind this noisy um environment where people just exchange ideas and it's just this noisy thing where you can be like you said, you can be reading so you ha- you can have something that's quite uh, inward and in your own uh, kind of uh, intimacy and then but you're outside and there are all these people talking about all these different subjects and I like that noise and uh, little I know about James Joyce I knew he was in, he, he was not um, he was pretty fond of bars <laughs> and yeah. and, uh, and
1: composed quite a lot of Ulysses in cafes in fact
0: there you go and uh, I thought it, would, it was just a good environment for I mean a good atmosphere for the bass
1: Mm -hmm.
0: of such a piece because including a lot of people exchanging ideas in a public place and also the element of reading like you said yeah yeah yeah.
1: i should just say also a lot of our listeners probably heard you say i was in a bar doing research and they probably envied the life of a jazz musician
0: (laughs) (laughs) well it's got its
1: ups and downs i'll say that um so we've got flora's voice we've got the bar tune what uh what came next
0: uh and then yes so then as i was doing research i I went and listened to Sylvia Beach, uh, mm-hmm. one of Sylvia Beach's interview, which I found I was I I didn't even know that that it, that interview existed, but I stumbled on it, and I thought she was I mean obviously, it started these it started to come together at that point like mm-hmm. me wanting to put different voices together in a certain atmosphere, uh, but I was really struck by her voice. I mean I mm-hmm. had heard it before, yeah, but yeah. I was so struck and I was looking for a piece that was relevant to the project. Uh, sh- let's just have a listen yeah. to that voice. When I published Ulysses by James Joyce in my little bookshop called Shakespeare and
1: Company in Paris.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, that piece was just almost meant to be in there, uh-huh. you know, because it was by, uh, combining everything, like combining the like her uh, inspiration and her encounter with Joyce and the way she speaks. I mean, for those of you who will be um, interested in and go listen to the interview. It's an amazing interview. And her, well, She's fascinating, anyway. and But also talking about Shakespeare and the transmission, because uh, it's all about transmission. Is the Shakespeare and Company from the 20s transmitted to the Shakespeare and Company in the 50s, uh, put that in 2020, celebrating the 100 years of uses, and here we are doing that. So I thought it was important to include that.
1: So people might be thinking now, okay, so you've got uh, a voice, mm-hmm. Of, you've got a singer you've got Sylvia Beach you've got the sounds of a bar hmm. where are the instruments man like what <laughs> are you telling us that they came after all of this
0: yeah it did it did come That's... after all of this um, that was the nostalgic moment mm-hmm. in the putting together at that bar that night this was a nostalgic moment listening to a lot of elements except Flora's voice but the tune from the from another era Sylvia Beach James Joyce's voice the, uh, but then I wanted to put it into a modern setting mm-hmm. and I had an idea in mind of a beat and of a bass line that yeah. I sort of was inspired by um, I'd say music that I really enjoy which inspired by uh, Afro beat music mm-hmm. okay. so, we,
1: so let's have a listen to the beat and the bass one after the other the bass first the bass this first this came to me yeah. Okay, so okay now now I'm starting to get a bit lost as a sort of a tone deaf non musical burst person. So what's going on there?
0: All right, so when you listen to that bass a little bit, just like that out of context, it's it, it's a bit it's hard to hear because this bass just goes along a certain drum beat. Because otherwise, it's just a little abstract just on its own. But at this point, I'd like to say that when I I then um, after this had was born, so this is where oh, in my mind I had the concept and I had decided to use these excerpts and the uh, voice and then i called my good friend adrian chicot who have played years who's a fantastic composer and piano player of its own and you know dear friend of mine and uh who's quite good at uh, producing and um in the studio and i we've worked together before on this type of uh, just him and i in a studio mm-hmm. and something we enjoy doing together and um and I asked him to work, work with me on it. And these are the elements plus the idea I came with mm-hmm. in that session. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's it. And I knew it had all to be simmered in a, in a pot and for it to make a dish because mm-hmm. I only had the ingredients at that point, except the concept. So I went to him and he played that bass line. I sang it to him and he played it. And then we worked on the beat and he was a lot of, he was a big part in the drum part, mm-hmm. um, creating the beat around it, uh, from different sounds and imagining what beat would go with that baseline. So let's hear the beat.
1: Okay, now to me that sounds almost like a sort of sort of a marching beat. There's something almost military mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. that, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There is, there is. No, it's true. It's these. These are things that are hard to explain because it's just a combination of the the whole beat is with the bass because it's um, bass and drums work like that together. And sometimes it's interesting because it's how you hear it and and when you put the bass and the drum together, it, it's almost like you go, oh, okay, I get the beat. And mm-hmm. one with the without the other um, sounds a little bit different. It's like contrasts. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. So he played that beat, and he, I was like, can you put some drum around this bass? And he heard how it should go, and he mm-hmm. experimented. There's there actually several layers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First, first there was this cymbal, then this, um, I can't remember, the wood blocks, and then, so we created it a bit, element by element. And he, he was a very big part of that, actually.
1: Mm. And then we also have the, the Glockenspiel. Exactly. Let's have a listen. Now, I recognize that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny, but it was only in listening to the different elements when you sent them to me that I realized what you'd done, um, that how you sort of you had integrated this tune that I first came to you with into something much more contemporary sounding and much more, much more you.
0: Yeah, that's um, that's a that's an idea I had whilst we were. Doing it where we were listening to Flores singing and deciding on which bit we were going to use mm-hmm. and how we're going to make it fit within a certain uh, time frame and in a logical um, development. And, um, well, I have, to, I have to say that I purposely, purposely wanted the tune to be a different key than the bass uh-huh. to obscure the tune to make more of an atmosphere like because if you change, if you make different elements playing different keys, then it's you can hear the key center of each element. But the whole has this sort of dreamy mm-hmm. atmosphere to it. And I wanted to get to that. So things are not in exactly the same key. And that brought me to the Glockenspiel. I can't remember how we chose the Glockenspiel. I think we were just looking for an instrument that was cutting through and giving it a certain atmosphere. Mm-hmm and had a remem- sort of vaguely reminding of It is very, very loose from a traditional Irish music. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, because were st- the flutes weren't working in that bit, the so- sort of percussion in traditional Irish music. We tried it. It, did, it wasn't working with what we had. So we were kind of looking for something that could vaguely be reminiscent of something you could hear in an atmosphere. Um, of traditional Irish music. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And that's the thing I think that, that works really well. It's like, you know, I've spoken to um, quite a few Irish people over the years who hate the kind of kitschness of, you know, traditional Irish music mm. and the way it's been mm. um, sort of absorbed into, into popular culture. And one of the things I love about this this theme tune is, you know, I used the word contemporary earlier. And I think I think it's that. It's something which is steeped in the 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 traditions of of jazz the literary tradition the the different cities that inspired this project but also this is a project being made in 2022 mm. with a hundred readers of many different nationalities of different skin mm. colors of different accents mm. and it would have been such a shame if the theme tune had made it sound out of date and kitsch and the thing I think works so well is that it sounds both yeah resolutely contemporary but also in a sense kind of standing on the shoulders of tradition and history in a way
0: that's great i mean if that's the idea that comes through it's great because that's how i imagined it i mean i i tried to go about it also because this is a different era we're in and we're a bit lost in it we don't really know what their new um uh landmarks are it's like shifted everything but one thing we knew is that this new kind of um stepping in what we call the 21st century it's hard to know when you're actually stepping into it or not but um there's something that is definitely happening about um sediments of different generations, how how they perceive each how people perceive each other beyond borders and beyond I mean this has evolved incredibly over the few years and I think one of the such a rich element is the music and the what what is created what people can he, will hear or are hearing about the 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 mixing of different genres and accents and I think that is quite fascinating so I, I, I had this idea so it's rooted vaguely rooted in the I mean except for the theme tune that's flourishing which is typically Irish traditional and the rest is trying an attempt for me who doesn't know very much about Irish music except what I heard but trying to capture that aspect at the same time to deconstruct it so it's part of something else and about the glockenspiel that theme is actually the it's actually the 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 chorus of the song mm-hmm. which I couldn't integrate fully with Flora's voice because it would have made too much of a linearity in it. So we played that chorus underneath with the glockenspiel in a different sort of key at the same time as the verse. Mm-hmm. So it's there, but it's it's instead of being after the verse, it's at the same time.
1: Yeah. Alex, this has been absolutely fascinating. Thank you for joining us today. Sure. Um, Obviously, I'll put links to your, your album in the, the show notes so people can listen to it. Do you have a, a website where people can find out when you're playing, when you're gigging around Paris?
0: Right now, most of my advertisement, my, my gigs, Adam, is on in, simply on Instagram. Okay.
1: So follow Alex on Instagram. The link to that is in the show notes, or I believe it's at Alex Guitar Fryman.
0: It's Alex, at Alex Dot Guitar Fryman.
1: Okay. The dot is just, it's yeah. a, it's a musical it's a little it's a little snobbery of mine (laughs) Alex this has been great thank you so much for joining us thanks Adam Um, but just say something tell me what you had for breakfast coffee and cigarettes (laughs) (laughs) of course you did